standing by. Shall we see him but in heaven, set at God's right hand on high? Then like stars his children crowned, all in white his praise will sound. Dear friends, while we pray together, ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, so often in my relationship with you, it proves the same as life, that as much as I put into it and expect to hear from you and expect good things, that's how much I often get out of it. So most of all, give me attention to your word. Your word is powerful, but it needs to be heard. Lord, help great things to happen in my heart. Accomplish the purpose for which you send your word today and bless us, all who are gathered here. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Dear friends, my privilege to stand before you and talk about God, our Savior, on Christmas. And you know, one of the news items that have come up recently is that of Nelson Mandela. He's made the news, and, and maybe you've heard that he passed away, and, and so there's a lot of things going on because of that. And, and this is a tangent, but Nelson Mandela, in my mind, is, is a great example of what it is to live for Jesus. Um, part of his story, maybe you know that he was in prison for a time, but because of his charm, because of his charisma, because of how he was built, even those who held him captive began to love him. So he was evil even to win his enemies. In fact, at his death, one of his captors, uh, Christo Brand, uh, had a great write-up of how much Mandela meant to him. Now, I'm going to transition from that weighty topic, and now as a tangent, to something we're going to talk about today, which is coincidence. And uh, my wife and I were watching things about Mandela, and wow, you know, everyone's nation's interest is peaked around him. And then we saw this preview. Um, there's a movie coming out for Mandela. And, um, and we're like, wow, when the world's interest is peaked, there is a movie. Like, did they make this in two days? That's really good timing. Talk about seizing the moment, about getting, you know, Mandela's story out there. Wow. And, uh, and what I wanted to talk a little bit about today is coincidence. Have you ever had something happen that was so kind of ninu ninu about it, like, like weirded you out by the way it worked so closely? Like, I wanted to have a sick day, and yes, wow, I got sick, and there it happened. Or I went into a store, and I really wanted that to be on sale, and whoa, it was on sale, and the stars are aligning, holy cow. But if you go to Kohl's, everything is on sale, all right, guys? So let's, let's really be honest. So set yourself up for success. I want to tell you of one coincidence I had. Um, I was working with youth group um, when I was an intern at South Carolina, and uh, we were doing a good old-fashioned car wash. And, and we're not sure how it's going to take off. First year for youth group, and really want to raise some money here. And so the day before, I've never seen anything like it before or since. There was so much pollen in the air that every car in a 30-mile radius was covered with pollen, like a, a coat of fine dust on every single car. And so we're having a free car wash, and boy, was that a success. I mean, like, God worked that out, and, you know, whew, good timing. And that's what I want to draw your attention to. Have you ever lived in such a way where, again, you couldn't have planned this. It was just weird how what you were thinking, whoa, it happened. 
I believe what you feel and what we experience, if that has happened, gives us evidence into how God is. It gives us evidence into his character. In fact, I want to share with you uh, some some words of God. Um, Here's some words from Jeremiah. It says, Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth? And so if I were to ask you, where is God, what is the answer? Yeah, can you tell someone next to you, God is everywhere? Just tell them. Tell them, God is everywhere. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Right. And that is why, dear friends, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas because God was in Vegas. I want you to know that. You can't escape. All right. More of what we know from God came from our first lesson, and I love the words of our first lesson. Look, look again there. It's Psalm 139. It says, You searched me and you know me. When I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts. Now, I don't even know why I think what I think sometimes, but he says, I, I saw that before I even saw, you know, thought that. That's awesome. And, and, and you discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. And so if I asked you, what does God know? The answer is, and just say to me, God knows everything. Right. And so in the church, you might even grow up in catechism if you're like me and learn, okay, so he's omnipresent and he's omniscient. You got these big Latin words, omni, and, and that's awesome. And he's omnipotent too, but that's, you know, cool. Um, and so now we're trying to take that information of God is everywhere and God knows everything and say, how does that apply to my life right now? Here's why I think it's important. Because if you're like me, sometimes you get confused or you lose track, or you don't always remember all that he knows and all the places he can be. You see, sometimes I can live in such a way that like, you know, God, you'd never know how I'm feeling right now. God, you you could never understand. God, are you even here? Like in those scary situations, like where are you? And, and, And to know that he is there. And then I've encountered people who I think take a more deistic view of God. Can I tell you of deism? Deism is this idea that God started things, and he was really concerned about the start, but then he's kind of left things. Like, I'm going to start things, but now I'm going to leave things and see what happens, all right? And then I've encountered Christians who I think um, say, yeah, God is concerned about the start, and he is concerned about the end. That's about Jesus. But I'm not so sure about the in-between. You know, right? So he, he got my start, and I know he wants heaven, but... What about now? And in these moments, I just wanted to pause and consider something with you. What if we lived in such a way that believed this? That believed God is just concerned about my day-to-day as he is with my final destination. What if I could live in such a way that says, God, you can handle my details. You can handle the big stuff and the small stuff. You can walk with me all the way. I think we have confidence to live such a way. And I believe that was part of God's plan of salvation. You see, if God only wanted to get us to heaven, I think he could have done it a different way, even though I'm not God. Like, why have Jesus take on human flesh? Why have him walk like we walk? Why have him wear our moccasins, so to speak? If God only wanted us in heaven, I think he could have, like, paid the price some other way. But, but his plan was to make someone just like you, who, who knows the, the human emotions just like you, So that you could know no matter where you are, no matter what you think, and no matter what you're going through this Christmas, you have a God for the day-to-day who can bring you peace. And that's some powerful information which we get to consider. So let's turn to the Word of God. 
And uh, today we're going to get into uh, another angel announcement. In, in this whole Reclaiming Christmas piece, we've been following angels who appear and who say, do not be afraid, or in other words, have peace. And today this angel appears to a man named Joseph who was reeling, and, and he has peace about what's going on. So let's read from Matthew uh, chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph, who was reeling, what is going on with Mary? And the God of the day-to-day says, I'm going to give you peace about that. And he shows up. Let's continue to talk about this. You know, I was reading the uh, paper this past week, and in the Trib Local, I found an interesting story. Um, circled and highlighted here was, uh, 16 and pregnant is unwelcome in Tinley Park. And so there is an MTV show, I guess, that follows uh, 16 and pregnant gals, and um, the mayor had some reservations. Um, the, the article is about, you know, I don't want any footage on Tinley Park train station along with this show. And, um, and with that, let's be honest. Let's consider something spiritually. Um, in God's economy, we're all sinners. And in God's economy, I'm not better than you and you're not better than me. We just all need grace. And so that, that's the story, and we're here for forgiveness. But what this does relate to me is that there are still cultural sensitivities when it comes to certain issues. And the mayor even said that this might be a reality TV show, but I'm not sure how in tune it is with reality. Um, and, and so there are cultural sensitivities. And I can't help but think then of our story that we consider today in the Christmas story. If you think 16 and pregnant was controversial now, Go back 2,000 years. Mary is in the process of being part of her own reality TV show called 16 and Pregnant, and she was a young gal. And she had a hashtag, without my fiancé's knowledge, so she had like her own special show. And if you think the cultural baggage around that issue was bad now, again, worse then. Adultery then was huge. In fact, we have a story of Jesus. Do you remember this story where a, a gal was brought before Jesus who had committed adultery, and what did they want to do to her? Yeah, that's big stuff. Now, I'm hoping that's not the case there, and the mayor didn't say anything about stoning, but if you want to get a sense of how things were then, um, there you go. Well, as much as it was bad for Mary, think of Joseph's life. And Joseph, it says, was a faithful dude. He didn't even, out of love, want to disgrace her. And so he's part of this reality TV show that he never signed up for and everyone knows about. Oh, your fiancé's pregnant. I wonder how that happened. And you can imagine the things that are going through his mind. I thought I knew this girl. And what you need to know about engagement back then, it was as good as marriage. And that has lessened over the years. In fact, today, engagement can be here, that, or the other. But not then. 
I mean, you, you planned and purposed everything so that when you got engaged, that was a done deal. This, this was not common to break it off. And so get in the mind of Joseph and all those thoughts. Thought I knew her. Everyone knows what's going to happen. Now who am I going to meet? I'm not sure if he's there yet, but there's a lot of things going in his head, right? And then God shows up. Look at verse 20. Verse 20. I love it. But after he had considered this, what was going on, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Have peace. Stop, stop reeling. Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will give birth to a son and you are given the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And the reason this was just kind of mind-blowing for me is that at the end of the day, did God need Joseph? I don't think so. I think he could have made it happen any other way. He could have got a virgin named Mary to Bethlehem some other way. There was no prophecy just about Joseph and what he would do. And, and so even though Joseph wasn't necessary, God not only delighted him to be a part of it, but also gave him peace about his day to day. I think a heavenly father saw a son who was hurting and said, hey, no one else is going to tell you this, and this is kind of unique, so you got to know, here's the information. Let your heart rest. You know, it reminds me of the same uh, when, when Jesus had that wedding at Cana. You know, Jesus, um, his first miracle, has a whole bunch of water, turned it into wine. You know, and I, I never get that. Like, why use almighty power for something that seems insignificant? I mean, they already had a good party, so this is just like party power? I'm not, you know, and, and, and here we see it again. That he uses almighty power, an angel announcement, so that his child could be at peace concerning his future, concerning his wife. Now, I think this brings Christmas peace. Because what it means is that this Christmas, when, when the stars align and you're having the time of your life, when, when you're feeling the magic of Christmas and maybe the candlelights and hearing of the Savior, God is there. But when you're feeling alone, or when you have a secret struggle, when you can't even give words to how you're feeling and it's not a good feeling, God knows. And God is there to walk with you. And God is there for you. He cares about the details of your life and He wants to bring priests even to the smallest of details, I believe. But I'm not sure we always live that way. I think, me too, I get tempted with this view of God. Sometimes I think this, that God is too big to be bothered by my details. And sometimes in interacting with people, I get kind of, uh, they're, they're light questions, but like people wonder if they can pray for certain things to God. And, and, and sometimes people will say this, like, uh, here are a list of can I pray for's. Can I pray for the Bears or Packers to win the Super Bowl? Um, for my sibling to stop annoying me, for the super sale at Target, for a parking spot for my pets. Can I talk to God about that stuff? You know, will I be bothering him? Now, in one sense, you know, there's a time to prioritize your prayer. That's another sermon for another day. Follow the Lord's Prayer. There's a lot of good stuff there. Um, in another sense, also, if, if our hearts are tinged just to like, he didn't answer the Packer prayer, you know, man, um, he hates me. That also, you might want to check yourself. But in general, can you talk to God about anything? And that's where I say, absolutely, absolutely. 
And if nothing else, if, if you take nothing else away from today's message, here's, here's a main point. God is not annoyed by you. God enjoys you. You're not going to annoy him. When you come to him, he's going to be like, my child wants to talk to me. That's pretty awesome. And so that's why you can bring anything. You can bring, yes, the big stuff. And yes, the small stuff. And oh, it's all good. And so maybe reverse your thinking about God and think of it this way. He's so big so he can handle my details. You know, we get maybe the sense that we're going to annoy him because that's how personal relationships work. You know, if I tell my friend every problem that I have, he's going to get sick of hearing my problems. If I tell my spouse that, in fact, the only one who's probably geared to hear all of my problems is maybe my mom, right? And she might have time and an ear. But besides that, everyone else gets annoyed after a time or they don't have enough time, right? You need to know the reason he's unlimited is for your sake. You're never going to wear him out. You're never going to wear out his ear or his time. He's also unlimited in strength for your details. So that whatever comes in your life, you know he's able to handle. And this is the goodness of our God. And so we need to know, yes, he handles the big stuff. And Christmas is all about him forgiving our sins, and making us reconciled with the Holy God. Yes, more, more than anything. But when you see baby Jesus, and you consider his tiny hands like an infant and tiny toes, when you see Mary carrying God, and understand that because of his humanity, he has earthly need for a mom. When you see his smallness, may you also know God is built for your smallness. And that there's nothing you can't tell him. And that there's nothing he's not concerned about. You know what I love? I also love Joseph's response. Look again at what he does. Verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. And this reminds me, do you ever love it when people do exactly what you told them to do? Like, they, no muss, no fuss, put their head down, do the job. Like, we were cleaning the house this past week, and I said once to our daughters, go clean your room. And, and like magic, they actually went up, did the job, and like completely, and cleaned their room. Now, this is not my natural experience. I'm not sure what your house is like. But it was like, wow, I want to do that again, right? If everything could go that way. You might be a manager, and like, if everyone would just do what I told them the first time, my job would be cake right? Or if you were a teacher, if everyone would just listen and get it the first time, it would be a breeze. Well, I think God, in a sense, says, you know, you guys who know the information, if you would just put your head down and do what I said, this would work out a whole lot better. And so I also want to consider Joseph's response because I think there is a correlation. There is a correlation that when I am careful with God's details, I think he can bring a whole lot more peace to mind. You know what I'm saying? When I put my head down and do what I know what I'm supposed to do in the scenario with my relationships, when I do what I know I'm supposed to do at school or, or at Christmas, things work out. Now, as a tangent, he'll treat you better than you deserve. And at the end of the day, we're all going to need to be forgiven. But I think there is a correlation that if you want daily peace, how about living daily for the Lord? How about this Christmas? If you want peace throughout Christmas, 
How about giving all of our priorities to the Lord? And not having any day where it's like, God, I don't want you a part of this one. Because then I'm not sure he's going to be a part of it. And you might lose the peace that could be yours. If we want him in the details, invite him into your details, dear friends. So, may God give you peace this Christmas. May you walk in such a way that knows God is there for everything that you go through and knows everything. And there's nothing too small. When you have those nanu-nanu moments, may it just be evidence that your God loves you and is there all the time. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which transcends our understanding may it guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, we have the opportunity to encourage one another. We do this through a confession of a common faith of who God is, and we'll confess together the Christmas creed on the top of page 8. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, who sent his Son as my Savior on Christmas Day. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by the angels, worshipped by the shepherds, adored by the wise men, who lived to suffer, die, and rise again, to free us from all sin, death, and the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit, who has brought me to faith in the Christ of Christmas, by whose work in my heart I am ever led to lay before the feet of Christ the treasures of my love, and live under him as my king, both now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, it's our joy to respond to who God is and what he's done for us. We bring our offerings. If you're a guest or visitor, please don't feel obligated to participate. You're, you can if you'd like. We would ask that everyone fill out those connection cards and place them in the baskets. Thank you very much. So this is how it was, a silent night like any other. When heaven sent the one, the one that we will call our Savior, and redemption.